my name is Molly and I love all things ghoulish, macabre, spooky and paranormal. If you do too, then you'll love to tune in and listen to me bringing you haunted tales from every county in the United Kingdom and eventually beyond. Each week, I pick a county randomly from my ghost haunted box and bring to you a ghostly tale from that particular county. This week, we have been transported to the sylvan county of Buckinghamshire. So sit or lie back and let's get ghoulish. Based on recent growth rates, they estimate the current 2023 population of Buckinghamshire to be 563,000. Roald Dahl's Inspiration Roald Dahl, the famous author of children's books, lived in Great Missenden, Buckinghamshire, and drew inspiration from the surrounding countryside for some of his stories. Chiltern Hills. Buckinghamshire is home to a significant part of the Chiltern Hills, offering stunning landscapes and charming villages. Bletchley Park. During World War Two. Bletchley Park in Buckinghamshire was the site of British codebreakers' efforts, including Alan Turing, to decrypt Axis Powers' messages. Chequered Flag The iconic chequered flag used in motor racing originated in the town of Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire. Oldest Campanile The Church of St Peter and St Paul in Aylesbury has one of the oldest campaniles, which is a bell tower in England. Wickham Swan Theatre. High Wickham is home to the Wickham Swan Theatre, hosting a variety of performances and events. The Prime Minister's Residence. Chequers, a country house near Ellsborough, serves as the official country residence of the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Amersham Martyrs. Amersham was the site where Protestant martyrs were burnt at the stake during the reign of Queen Mary I in the 16th century. Stoner Park. Though mostly in Oxfordshire, Stoner Park's boundary extends into Buckinghamshire. It's known for its beautiful gardens and historic house. The Pepper Pot. Aylesbury's Market Square features the Pepper Pot, a 17th century market hall with an unusual octagonal shape. The Wendover Arm. A branch of the Grand Union Canal, the Wendover Arm was originally constructed for transporting goods but fell into disuse. Hewenden Manor, former home of Benjamin Disraeli, it played a role during World War Two as a map-making and intelligence centre. Buckingham Old Ghoul One of the oldest ghouls in the country, it is now a museum showcasing local history and prison life. Pan Mill Located in High Wycombe, this restored water mill provides a glimpse into the town's industrial heritage. Dorney Court this Tudor manor house and its gardens in Dorney have been used as a filming location for various movies and TV shows. 
Buckingham. The county town of Buckinghamshire, Buckingham, has a history dating back to the 7th century and features a blend of medieval and Georgian architecture. Quaint villages. Buckinghamshire is dotted with charming villages like Haddenham and Long Crendon, each with its own unique character and often used as filming locations for period dramas. Wickham Air Park. Formerly known as Booker Airfield, Wickham Air Park has a rich aviation history and offers flying lessons, making it a haven for aviation enthusiasts. Buckinghamshire Railway Centre. Located in Quainton, it's a living museum preserving the history of railways in the area, featuring a collection of vintage locomotives and carriages. Buckinghamshire is renowned for Waddeston Manor, an impressive French Renaissance-style chateau built in the late 19th century, now managed by the National Trust. This week, I have compiled a list of various haunted places and locations within Buckinghamshire. Special thanks go to Haunted Rooms, Haunted Britain, Amy's Crypt and Buckinghamshire Live for aiding in my research. Buckinghamshire is renowned for its exceptional natural beauty and its grand country homes, including the Prime Minister's own manor, Chequers. With so much history etched into the country's pubs and mansions, it's no surprise that Bucks is bursting with paranormal occurrences. Here are some of the most haunted places in Buckinghamshire. The George and Dragon Hotel, West Wickham. One of West Wickham's most infamous sons was Sir Francis Dashwood, who was responsible for excavating the nearby West Wickham caves for the debauched cavorting of the notorious Hellfire Club a group of fellow aristocrats and men of influence, men from the village employed in the construction of the caves, were thus saved from the crushing poverty of their age, thus earning Dashwood the gratitude of the locals and ensuring that they were willing to turn a blind eye to the spurious goings-on beneath the hillside. The village today is a delightful enclave, owned and preserved by the National Trust, and a stroll along its high street is like slipping back in time. The red brick facade of the Georgian Dragon is one of the village's more striking exteriors, and turning under its archway to enter its snug and atmospheric interior is a rare treat. Generations of traders, travellers, lovers and visitors have left traces of their presence on the building and its atmosphere, reads the inn's brochure, not least of whom is Suki, the beautiful social climber whose ghost is said to haunt the building. Tradition holds that Suki was a servant girl who, walked, who worked at the Georgian Dragon in the 18th century. Among her many admirers were three boys from the village, whose advances she rejected since she had her, has set her sights on becoming the mistress 
of an aristocrat. One day, a wealthy young man paid a visit to the inn, and Suki, seeing him as her meal ticket out of there, promptly set about ensnaring him. Soon, the handsome young buck was besotted with the beautiful servant girl and began paying daily visits to the inn. This irked the three local lads, who hatched a cunning plan to teach the haughty temptress a lesson. They sent her a letter which purported to come from her noble suitor, informing her that he wished to elope with her. She was, he instructed, to don a white dress and meet him that night in the West Wickham Caves. Elated, the unsuspecting Suki dressed accordingly and set off for her rendezvous. Arriving at the mouth of the caves, she lit a flaming torch and set off into the labyrinth. Hidden behind a large rock, the spurned lads watched with anticipation as she approached. Just as she had passed by, they seized the torch and dashed it to the ground, extinguishing its flame. Suki was terrified and fled into the darkness with her whooping tormentors in hot pursuit. It was then that the prank turned to tragedy. As the frightened girl turned a corner, she tripped over a rock and her head struck the cave wall, knocking her unconscious. The three lads summoned help and the villagers arrived to carry the comatose girl back to her room at the Georgian Dragon. The three lads were in despair and as a doctor called, um, but in the early hours of the next morning, the poor girl died. It wasn't long before reports were circulating that Suki's restless wrath was haunting the Georgian Dragon. The two maids who shared her room were visited by her just a few days after her demise and refused point blank to set foot in the inn again. Over the succeeding centuries, there were frequent reports of a ghostly white lady seen drifting about the Georgian Dragon in the early hours of the morning. In 1966, Mr John Robbins, an American guest staying at the hotel, awoke one night to find a pinpoint of light glowing about three feet off the floor near the door. He watched as the light began to grow in stature and took on an opaque pearly quality. Flinging back the covers, he leapt out of bed and strode resolutely towards it. Suddenly, he entered a zone of intense cold. His arms and legs became heavy, and he was overcome by a feeling of utter despondency. Life seemed futile, beset by tragedy. Life must have felt like this for poor Suki, he thought. No one to protect her dignity. At this realisation, the light ballooned forward and seemed to reach for him. This proved too much for the, until then, fearless Mr Robbins. He jumped straight back into bed and turned on the light. Suki is the best attested of the Georgian dragon ghosts, but she is not alone. Heavy footsteps are often heard descending the main staircase, 
believed to belong to a traveller who was murdered at the inn in the 18th century. His name and the circumstances behind his demise have long since been forgotten, and only the onerous plodding now testifies to the event. Other female phantoms have been seen at various locations around the inn, but Suki's story and her subsequent nefarious ramblings puts them all in the shade. St Lawrence Church and the Dashwood Mausoleum, West Wickham. The nefarious goings-on of the Hellfire Club. West Wickham is a delightful though tiny village, comprised of a single high street of timber and flint buildings, on the outskirts of which sits the magnificent seat of the Dashwood family, the beautifully Palladian West Wickham Park. On the summit of the steep conical hill across the road from the house is the immense Dashwood Mausoleum, behind which towers the strange golden ball that sits uneasily atop the church of St Lawrence. Meanwhile, hewn out of the hillside beneath are a series of caves, which are reached via an entrance that has been fashioned to resemble a Gothic church and which adds to the overall ambience of eccentricity with which the overall estate seems imbued. The person responsible for all this was Sir Francis Dashwood, 1708 to 1781, a man whose name has become a byword for hedonistic debauchery and who is today best remembered as a leading light in the most infamous of all the so-called Hellfire Clubs. These secret societies had become popular with wealthy young aristocrats in the first half of the 18th century and in 1721 it was considered to necessary to pass a royal edict condemning young people who meet together in the most impious and blasphemous manner and corrupt the minds and morals of one another. Ironically, Dashwood's organisation, which is now perhaps the only one to be universally remembered and which operated between the 1740s and 1760s, never actually called itself the Hellfire Club, preferring instead to be known as the Knights of St Francis. John Wilkes, 1725-1797, the radical politician and an enthusiastic member described their gatherings as a set of worthy, jolly fellows, happy disciples of Venus and Bacchus, got together to celebrate women in wine. The select central core of just 13 apostles who were led by Sir Francis Dashwood included Lord Sandwich, John Wilkes, the painter William Hogarth, poets Charles Churchill, Robert Lloyd, and Paul Whitehead. Whilst American, Benjamin Franklin was reputed to have been an occasional visitor. Although their early meetings probably took place at the homes of various members, including West Wickham Park, Sir Francis began casting around for a base that would provide the necessary seclusion for the club's activities. He settled on the ruins of the old Cistercian Abbey at Medmenham, six miles from West Wickham, 
which he restored to opulent splendour and inscribed above the archway over the entrance the club's motto, Do as you wish, spelt in Latin. Therefore, the society would also be known as the monks of Mednum. These self-styled monks certainly indulged in a goodly amount of sexual frolicking and did include mock religious services in their rituals. There is an abundance of ghost stories and paranormal sightings reported at the Hellfire Caves. Many visitors report a feeling of being watched, hearing sounds of moving furniture, being touched on the back of the head or hair, hearing the crying of children, or even having gravel thrown at them by the unseen. Most reports tend to come from women, too, made curious by the fact that the Hellfire Club was exclusively for men. Women were prohibited from entering many parts of the caves. One of the most well-known ghost stories of the Hellfire Club caves is said to be that of Paul Whitehead. Paul was a steward of the Hellfire Club and good friend of Dashwood. Before his death in 1774, Paul left £50 to Dashwood to buy an urn to house his heart after death. Dashwood did as he promised, but sadly the heart would be stolen by an Australian soldier some 100 years later. Sightings of a man in 18th century clothing reported all throughout the caves are believed to be Whitehead endlessly searching for his stolen heart. Missenden Abbey, Great Missenden Missenden Abbey was founded in 1133 and was favoured by King Henry III and so-called Black Monks of Missenden are said to have enjoyed notoriously immoral lifestyles. The ghost of one monk is often seen stalking the grounds and water meadows at the abbey, the site of his former vice. Moreover, after the council converted the abbey into a college in 1946, two students witnessed a lady in crinolines floating down the stairs and through a door. She has since been seen on numerous occasions, often carrying flowers. Cheney's Manor, Cheney's. Henry VIII is known to have brought both Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard to Cheney's Manor, the two wives he had beheaded. It's said you can hear his heavy, limping footsteps on the stairways of this impressive gabled Tudor house. Plenty of other spirits linger at Cheney's. During the English Civil War, parliamentary troops used the long gallery as a barracks and hundreds of soldiers died in the vicinity. That might explain the creepy laughter heard in the armoury or the apparition of a headless man seen walking in the grounds of the manor. The Royal Standard Beaconsfield The Royal Standard claims to be the oldest pub in England, established as early as 1213. Its appearance is unique, with exposed beams and all sorts of nooks and crannies inside. During the English Civil War, a 12-year-old drummer boy was among a dozen royalists beheaded by parliamentarians nearby. Their heads were displayed on spikes outside the pub. 
It said you can hear the beat of the boy's drum at night. Rumour also has it that the ghost of a lady frequents the free house. Perhaps she is the mistress of Charles II, who bestowed the royal charter on the establishment and purportedly met women discreetly in the rooms upstairs. The Crown in Amersham It's claimed that many as five ghosts frequent the Crown Inn in Amersham. Staff at the 16th century coaching inn have complained of hearing voices shouting at them to get out now. And if you're up for last orders, you might spot a spectral late night drinker at the end of the bar. Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell stayed at the hotel's courtyard suite in four weddings and a funeral. But beware if you do the same. One of the spirits is said to be an old Victorian housekeeper who tucks guests into their beds and torments them through the night. Hewenden Manor, Hewenden. This grand Victorian mansion is most famous for being the country home of Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, Earl of Beaconsfield. He's also the manor's most notable ghostly inhabitant. You might find the apparition of the former PM anywhere in the house. He's been seen on the upper floors in his former office and most often smiling at the bottom of the stairs. Other strange reports at the house include the scent of old-fashioned perfume regularly sensed in a small upstairs room and a phantom Victorian gentleman who can be seen strolling through the woods. The Bell Hotel, Winslow. Another charming coaching inn, the Bell Hotel, has been the subject of numerous paranormal investigations. Investigations made contact with a lady named Angelina, a former housekeeper. It's believed she engaged in an affair with her married boss, Malcolm. When he learned that she was pregnant with his child, an argument broke out that ended in Malcolm pushing her down the stairs killing her. When the hotel is quiet, it said you can hear the pair arguing, and when the shouting stops, the sound of something tumbling down the stairs echoes around the hotel. The death of a miller's daughter. Bradwell Windmill, which is found in Milton Keynes, is said to be haunted by a miller's daughter from hundreds of years ago. The mill was erected in the early 1800s and one of its owners had a daughter who got caught in a tragic situation. She was very lucky as she had two potential suitors after her at the time. Unfortunately, jealousy got the better of the men, which led to one of them being murdered. His body was apparently hung on the local gibbet for the young woman to see. Naturally, she was heartbroken, despite still having the other suitor. And so she sadly committed suicide at the windmill. Her father soon came to find her body, leaving him devastated. 
It's now said this young woman haunts the windmill to this day, and you may even be able to hear her cries of pain. Centurions marching down England's most historic road through Bucks. It's very well known that Watling Street is considered to be England's most historic road, and it passes through Bucks. For thousands of years it's been used, including the Romans who actually paved it, along with the rest of the UK's roads. It's said that Roman centurion ghosts now march along the road through the dark and mist, keeping an eye on everything that's going on. What's even creepier is that they're said to be knee-deep in the tarmac. Today, Watling Street runs through Bletchley and Milton Keynes, so keep a lookout for those ghostly figures. The Grey Lady Haunting and Aylesbury Pub The King's Head in Aylesbury is one of the town's oldest pubs, and it's said to be haunted by a Grey Lady among a number of other ghosts. It is owned today by the National Trust, but it dates back to around 1450, with some saying it perhaps earlier. A creepy grey lady, potentially a nun, is said to have been seen numerous times around the fireplace, and a phantom 19th century maid is also said to haunt the gatehouse staircase after she fell to her death. That's not all, though. Recently, it's been said that the pub owners have seen a very tall figure who appears inside a locked cupboard wearing a black hat and black coat. Inside the Great Hall, the clocks and people's watches also have a strange tendency to stop at the stroke of midnight. High Wycombe's Horse Rider of the Night High Wycombe has a specific road that is haunted at night time by a horse rider. Back in the 18th century, a young woman tragically lost her life in a horse riding accident along Lokes Road. Heartbreakingly, she now rides her horse along the road at night. However, she vanishes as soon as she reaches the gates to Lokes House. A winged black beast terrorising a former Taplow hospital. Most ghost stories are about people, but this one involves a terrifying winged black beast in Taplow. Where Cliveden Village lies today, there used to be the Canadian Red Cross Memorial Hospital, which looked after soldiers after they came back from the World War I trenches. Sadly, many lost their lives here, but it was also the place where this beast called the Flincher haunts. After the hospital was abandoned, it said the beast used to terrorise anyone who dared to walk along the hospital corridors. Today it's home to a retirement complex, but don't fret. They are all fine and not being terrorised by such a horrific beast. Claydon House, Middle Claydon, Buckinghamshire. The ghost of a former owner, Sir Edmund Verney, Royalist standard bearer at the Battle of Edgehill in 1642, is said to haunt this delightful and exquisite house. 
As he fought boldly for his king, he was captured by Cromwell's troops and ordered to surrender the colours. This he refused to do, observing bravely that my life is my own, but my standard is the king's. They killed him there and then. But when the troops attempted to seize the standard, they found that his fingers could not be prized from around it, and so they hacked off his hand. As the battle progressed, the royalists recaptured the banner and found the determined hand still clasped around it. Sir Edmund's body was never recovered, but his hand, together with its identifying signet ring, were both sent back to Claydon, where the hand was interred inside the family vault. Sir Edmund's ghost has haunted the building ever since, on an eternal quest to be reunited with his missing body part. His tormented wraith, resplendent in 17th century costume, has been pacing fitfully along the corridors, or standing dolefully on the stairs, with a look of total dismay etched upon his face, as he continues his search for the hand that he lost to loyalty. In the quiet corners of Buckinghamshire, where history lingers like a ghostly whisper, we've embarked on a journey through the spectral realms of this enchanting county. From the ancient corridors of haunted manors to the cobblestone streets that echo with tales of the beyond, Buckinghamshire's ghosts weave a tapestry of mystery. Whether it's the residual energy at Bletchley Park or the ghostly apparitions gracing the landscapes of the Chiltern Hills, each ethereal encounter paints a vivid picture of times long past. As we conclude on our spectral sojourn, let us carry these ghostly narratives forward, cherishing the paranormal imprints that add a touch of the supernatural to Buckinghamshire's storied landscapes. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Your company is greatly cherished. Before I go, let's see where the ghost haunted box has chosen for us to visit next. And it is Berkshire. So join me next week on Friday the 8th of December to find out what I have discovered about the county of Berkshire. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Ghost Haunted with Molly or my username which is Hauntologist1. If you value my efforts and wish to show your support, you can consider making a donation through my PayPal me link, which is mollyhughes22. Alternatively, you can treat me to a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash mollyghost. Both links found in my Spotify description box. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next week, stay curious, stay 
cautious and never let your guard down. For the realm of the unknown is always closer than we think.